What's up, homies? Welcome back to the NBA Hoops at Lunch show. It's about the end of the NBA All-Star break. Thursday, February 23rd, there is nine games on the slate, and I'm here to break them down with the homie David Troy. David, what's up, dude? How's it going, man? Appreciate you having me back on here, as always. Yeah, um, I'm appreciate. I appreciate you helping me break down these games because the only time that I win when you're on these podcasts are bets that you talk me into. So <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a good sign for either of us, to be honest with you. But that's uh, glad to help however I can. I guess. Well, if we just pick what we agree on, then we'd probably be like a hundred percent in this podcast. Yep which is well above my current season winning uh, percentage. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't actually officially, not, uh, I haven't really broken down any of these games, so I'm help, I'm happy again that you're here to help with all of that. Um, yeah. There are some pretty good matchups. Uh, there's still injury news coming out, like in real time as we record this podcast. We're recording on Wednesday. Um, so all that shit is obviously subject to change. Um, I'm sure as you guys remember by reading my daily NBA handicaps, I always tell you guys like, Hey, watch out for the final injury report. Obviously that's still, um, that's still the case here, even though there's been a long break. Uh, but let's get right into the, the Thursday action here. First game, probably the best one actually on the Mm -hmm. slate. 7 o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off between the Denver Nuggets and the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Nuggets are getting two points. Money lines minus 130. Cavaliers plus 110. Nuggets. This is the only game I've thought a lot about, and I am going to be betting the Nuggets here. And I arrived at that conclusion, David. Hopefully we're not oppo, but I arrived at that conclusion because... I don't think the Cleveland Cavaliers have much backcourt defense and their frontcourt defenders, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, are obviously going to have their hands full with Nikola Jokic. So I feel like Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and obviously to a much lesser extent, Contavious Caldwell-Pope will be able to get some good looks and hit some wide-open threes. And again, like the the front court of the Cleveland Cavaliers aren't going to be able to extend out to the perimeter. I have no idea what the betting splits say, uh, the market betting market analysis. I got none of that here. But from a matchup perspective, I like Cleveland here. What, what are your thoughts? You like the Nuggets? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the Nuggets. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Like Cleveland. I'm I'm actually with you on that one. This is one that kind of stood out to me. I think it was two and a half yesterday. Um, but I, I prefer the Nuggets in this one. I don't know that I'm going to get there on it. Um, I, I Look, there's nine games tomorrow. I probably am going to have like one or two picks at most just because coming off the, off the All-Star break, there there has to be a really good opportunity. And uh, I'm not sure that this is the best of the opportunities for me, uh, but I do like the Nuggets uh, to win it. Jamal Murray is coming back. He said that he was going to play in this one. Um I think his scoring can at least neutralize probably Garland's scoring, maybe not Mitchell's. Uh, Jokic obviously is having MVP caliber season. Are Allen and Mobley going to be able to stop him? I don't think so. I don't think he'll get a triple-double in this one for whatever that's worth, but I would guess his no to a triple-double would probably be something like minus 130, and his yes would be like plus 110, somewhere around there. That's my guess. I don't know. Uh, But I don't think he's going to get a triple-double in this one. I I don't see um, some of that other stuff. I, 
you know, I was reading a couple of different articles yesterday, one on NBA.com that I thought was David. actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Real quick, what did you say the yes on the triple-double and no was? I said the no would be minus 130 and the yes would be plus 110. Yes is plus 200, no is plus, minus 250. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's... Anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just no, no, no. I looked that's that good. up and I found it pretty quickly, so I was like, yeah, let me jump yeah, back that's, in here. That's better than uh, better than I would have thought. Um, it was wasn't it? You were telling me it was minus one ten the other night, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it and was. He and he got it. it. Yeah, yeah. It was a fourteen ten and thirteen kind of shitter, yeah. but he got there. And if you actually, if you watch that game, there was a play. They were up by like fourteen or fifteen or something. I don't, I don't know. Maybe not even that high, but with like ninety seconds left, and they ran a play specifically for him to get a pass into the post and then do a, a bounce pass back to a cutter. Yeah. And it was specifically for the assist. Like they called the timeout almost immediately afterwards so that they could get Jokic out. And I, I put something on Twitter about this. I was like, a lot of people bitched about Russell Westbrook or Embiid getting pointless points, you know, racking up scoring and stuff. Like Jokic is doing it too. Like, don't, you can't get mad about one and not the other. And personally, I don't care. I mean, get as many stats as you want. That's how you get paid. That's how you get everything else. But, um, don't act like the guy's just getting it solely because he's, you know, playing the game and he's getting it through three quarters or something and then sitting there fourth or something. Okay. Yeah, it's not as organic as the media would like, yeah. and, like to right. make it out to be. Right. Anyways, tangent aside, um, I think that uh, I was reading an article yesterday. It was on NBA.com. Um, and I thought one of the things that was interesting here was actually that the I think the worst defensive game that the Nuggets had or, or that the Cavs had came against the Nuggets in Denver. I believe that's what it was saying. Um, I could be wrong because there, there were a million numbers and it was about every single team, but I'm pretty sure that was the gist of it. It might have been the, the worst defensive rating game. Um, but either way, I, I think it is is just not really a great matchup for the Cavs in this game. So I, I'd rather take the points, but – you know, the line is, is here telling you that it's probably going to be a close game. That doesn't mean that one of these teams can't win by 10 or something, but um, I'd rather err on the side of taking the points in this one and, and going with the Nuggets. Um, remember that first-round playoff series in the bubble between the the Jazz and the Nuggets where Mitchell and Jamal Murray essentially played one-on-one for like six games? Yeah, and Murray, that was like the first time Murray was like a real scorer. Yeah. He, yeah, he pretty much like, um, it was like his coming out party, essentially. But yeah. I don't know. Like, I think, yeah, between like, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are clearly better than Jamal Murray and, and KCP. I actually used to hate KCP when he played for the Lakers. But, um, you know, I, I do think like Jamal Murray can, for the most part, all I think he can actually offset Donovan Mitchell's performance or production just because it's like he knows what it's like to play against him, right? And he's like, yeah, you know, like he he's had success against him prior, and I I just think that could happen again. Um, sure, I w- I just wouldn't put Mitchell and Murray in the same category. I think Mitchell's a way better player. I'm not a Mitchell. That's guy. personal thought. Yeah, I don't hate it. I hear you. Um, the most points scored against the Cavaliers this year was actually the Pacers at minus or at one thirty-five. The Nuggets are like seven down there at one twenty-one. So maybe it is like a defensive rating efficiency thing. 
Yeah, um, I'll have to I'll have to take a look at it again. Um, I wonder what Denver does as like a home as a road underdog. They're six and five this year. But Cleveland's been money as a home favorite. I don't know. I, I from a matchup perspective, I like the Nuggets in this spot, so I'm just probably gonna go to the window with that one, and I'll include that in my little um, Thursday NBA write up. Um, it was, just so you know, it was the second worst defensive game of the season. 121 points allowed on just 89 possessions. That's what the what happened in the the last game against the Nuggets. Oh baby, what does that effective field goal shooting look like? <laughs> Hold on. 64% effective field goal shooting. Damn. Denver lit their asses up. Hold on. They didn't have have Donovan Mitchell for what it's worth. But, I mean, he's not stopping. He's not playing defense. Yeah, that's not going to help defense. (laughs) No, it's not. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm definitely betting the Nuggets here. Um, I I just have them as a better team on a neutral court than the Cleveland Cavaliers and they should be well, well rested. And and like you said, Jamal Murray already got announced that he was in a play. So yeah, I'm digging the nuggets here on this one. Next game, Boston Celtics at the Indiana Pacers. Pacers are getting eight points at home. Is this your obligatory fading the Indiana Pacers in the first quarter bet? We Would locked in this I- one in. Yeah, I don't I don't see a line on it yet, uh, at least not on DraftKings. That's where I'm looking. My guess is if the game is at eight, it'll probably be two and a half, maybe three. Um, and maybe the books push it up to three and a half. I would only say that you're, you should only look Celtics in this one. I think it's the right play. But um, coming off the layoff, they both could be kind of rusty. So there's no real telling sign. I mean, Heald and Halliburton were both part of All-Star Weekend. Obviously, Brown and Tatum were both part of All-Star Weekend, but the rest of the players are, are all going to be a little rusty. Um, I think out of anything right now, maybe you look at Malcolm Brogdon uh, props, him coming back to play against Indiana. Um, but I, I think you kind of look Celtics first quarter, maybe Pacers full game just because you know eight points at home. They, they do tend to play better. They're actually on the fringe of a playoff berth, so... Maybe they put some fight up into this one and, and try and make a uh, a push for the playoffs. So I, I don't know. I, I don't have a great read on the full line, but I would say first quarter Celtics. If it's two, I'm taking it for sure. If it's two and a half, I probably will play it. If it's three, I probably will just back off. Indiana's 13-8 and eight as home underdogs this year. Yeah. So they're, they're not bad. Yeah, they're a tough out at home, but they've won just two of their last 10 games, with one of them being against the Bulls. Um, we were both on that one, right? That was the one that that we hit on our last yeah. uh, last little NBA were, hoops at lunch show. They, they were, were down, down twenty four. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was an easy one, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, then their other win was a revenge spot against the Sacramento Kings. So over the last ten games, so they're trending down, uh, entering the All Star break. Do you know if Jalen Brown's coming back? You would assume, right? Because he played in the All Star game, but like, yeah, yeah, can he, you I assume think he, those I think things? He's back. Yeah, I think he's back. But to your point, DeRozan played in the All Star game, but he didn't play at all in the previous like two or three games for the Bulls before the break. So, has he been ruled out? 
DeRozan or Brown? DeRozan. Is is he back in the lineup at least? Like, is there consistency in that sense? I have no idea. Don't know if he's coming back or not. I found a first quarter spread, by the way, on FanDuel. It's three and a half. So I, I probably won't play it. Mm, too rich for your blood. What's the yeah. first half or the first quarter margin of these teams? I can pull it up real quick on team rankings. Hold on. Boston is plus three in the first quarter. Indiana's minus 4.6. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're terrible at home. Don't get me wrong. Like They're minus 8.7 over the last three games. Yeah, I think you, know, you probably would look – I almost think that the better play would be the under 59 and a half. Um, just because, again, you got, you got a lot of these guys who are coming off of they're all-star breaks. They're probably getting together with their team today for the game tomorrow. They have shoot-around today and maybe tomorrow. You'll be a little rusty. I mean, it's not like first game of the season rust, but it's still – how many of those guys do you actually think sat there in the gym the whole time and were shooting around over all-star break? Probably not many. Based on the work ethic we've seen under the NBA this year, <laughs> yeah, I would say no. Not. one. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jason Tatum came back overweight. <laughs> yeah, exactly, at this point. Yeah, he ate at all the good restaurants in Salt Lake City during the All Star break. <laughs> exactly, ridiculous. Order double. Oh man, that's a whole nother podcast. Just talking about how the NBA mailed it in from the first half and kept that energy going through the All Star game. Oh yeah. Do yeah. you do you MFers have any pride? No. <laughs> Is there any? It's the most shameless activity. Then you have you have these basketball writers like Zach Lowe trying to figure out ways to incentivize the basketball players to caring more outside of paying them tens of millions of dollars a year. Right. You can't. Like it's it's just it's it's a crazy conversation. Like I liken it to like it'd be like if you went to McDonald's and ordered two McDoubles, two McChickens and two two sodas and they were just gave you two McDoubles and then the worker was like, Well, what's the incentive for me to give you your full order? You just like stand there, like dumbfounded. Like, don't you work here, right? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, what do you? I, I don't know. I don't know. What, what you, your incentive to pay your bills? I guess I don't. I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. But um, I, I'm more or less just kicking the can down the street because I don't have a lot to say about this game. I just know that every time you give out a bet fading the Pacers in the first quarter, it wins. So. <laughs> I, might, yeah. I might just do well, that yeah well in this one like i said i think i'll probably lay off unless it comes down to three maybe then i'll then i'll probably get on it but three and a half i mean that's two baskets still should happen but i think the better as, way to put this is that, is that like your model or your numbers make this boston minus 2.9 in the first quarter like <laughs> yeah 3.5 yeah. is a little too expensive that's yeah. the, that's the kind of level I want to get on eventually. I have to learn how to code and all that other shit. Um, but I, I eventually want to say stuff like that. Like, yeah, my model has this at Boston, like 3.12, and it's 3.15. I just can't do it. I just can't get there. Yeah. Still working on building that model. Uh, Pistons Magic, next game here, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off. Pretty much the worst possible game on the schedule. Uh, I guess Magic are quasi-interesting. The Ringer talks about the Magic like 
they're on the cusp of winning a title. <laughs> yeah. It's the funniest shit ever, dude. It's, they have like four people from Orlando that work there. And these assholes always talk about the ring or talk about the magic. Like they're like, there's some the sort of powerhouse. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Franz Wagner is like fucking LeBron James. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not winning anything with Franz. He's, he's a good role player. He's a good third player on a team, but you're not winning anything. Yeah, dude. Um, I he's probably a lot better than anything the Pistons got going from. I, I guess Bogdanovich is pretty good. I'm not high on yeah. on Jaden Ivey. I love Cade Cunningham, but yeah, you know, he's not there. So right, <laughs> whatever. Um, and frankly, I'm I'm it's not like I've already mentally parted ways with the money, and it's in an account. But like I bet the Pistons over thirty three and a half wins, and that's got no chance. So like I'm still kind of butthurt about it, and don't want to sink any more money into this. I will say the Magic are probably good look as this big of a favorite. Like that is kind of like the sports books being like, please don't bet these guys, right? Yeah, <laughs> like. We don't we don't want any action in this game. We're assuming when you scroll through the odds board, you're gonna see magic minus six and a half. Like, eh, I'm good here. No way would I bet the magic <laughs> minus six and a half. Um Yeah. And they're only two and three as home favorites. That's kind of surprising, actually. Two and four as favorites, two and three as home favorites. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. Can we bet the Pistons here? No, I'm not going to. I'm not. Yeah, I was going to say I'm not touching the Pistons. I would uh, actually kind of like the Magic here. Uh, if you're looking at the two teams and just based solely on records, who do you think has more to play for this year? Uh, well, I mean the Magic, right? I mean right. they they have an outside chance of running down the ten seed for the yeah. They could the, get in the play-in tournament. Yeah, Bancaro is going to be the rookie of the year. I mean, that's almost. I, I was thinking about answering it in like a cute way. Well, the Pistons are technically playing for Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, and that's the point, right? Yeah. At this point, this this is in theory, at least in in a lot of past years, this is when you start to see some of those tanking teams actually fully drop off. Trade deadline's gone. The All Star break is gone. We only have like twenty more games for most teams. This is when you would see the Pistons start to be like, okay, well, you know what? We'll play Bogdanovich 30 minutes. We'll see what happens. And then we'll just kind of bring in some of these bench guys and see you know, what else they could do, see what we got for next year. Um, if anything, I think maybe the total is a little high in this game. I probably would lean Magic, but that, that's about it. I, I don't know that I'll play this at all. Um, for what it's worth, it's a revenge spot for Orlando. They're 0-2 this year against the Pistons. Well, there you go. That's even more reason, right? I guess. Man. I mean, that's one way to <laughs> look at it. Yeah. Um. So you said probably the under, right? Yeah. One of the things that I know about the the Detroit Pistons is, oddly enough, they have a really high offensive free throw attempt rate. Like, mm-hmm. they get to the line at will. They're second behind the Pistons. But they also send teams to the line like crazy. So um, they are 27th in defensive free throw attempt rate. So second in offensive, 27th in defensive. Orlando is 
fourth, or excuse me, third in offensive free throw rate. So what I might do is I might like look for the referee assignments tomorrow when they're when they're announced, and if it's like an over friendly officiating crew, it might go over the total. I'm not much of a trends player, but Orlando's four and one to the over as home favorites this year, um, as underdogs. The Pistons are thirty and twenty-five to the over. I know you were just saying over is your look here, but off no, I, or I under is your look. Excuse under, me. Yeah. Off extended rest, four days plus. There's only one game sample size for the Pistons, or one no to the over. Three game sample size for Orlando, and they're three no to the over. Hmm. So, I don't know. I might have just talked myself into an over bet on this one. Um, but I'm not going to give it out as like an official play. I'm trying to stall so I can pull up the 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 trends here, the over under trends for these um, over friendly, which I'm gonna call it um, trends. Well, they, so well, Orlando, I can tell you the last two between them. Between, between these the two last, teams, yeah, between the last two games, they went under two twenty nine in the last one and over two sixteen and a half in the first one. So it's two twenty two. Right, that's what the they've been playing out to, and then these are this this total is two twenty six and a half. So as a home favorite, Orlando's four and one of the over the plus twelve ATS or over under margin with no days rest or with four days plus of rest. Orlando is three and zero with a plus six point five over under margin. Yeah, if it's a front, if it's an over friendly officiating curve, I think I'm going to take the over tomorrow, but. We spent far too much time talking about this bullshit game. Next one, second best game on the slate. Actually, I'm not even confident in that. I'm just saying that as I go. Probably second best game on the slate. Memphis at the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to take the Philadelphia 76ers minus four here because I think the Grizzlies are more or less frauds. And how much of their offense has fallen off a cliff without Steven Adams is very, very troubling. And if I remember correctly, Steven Adams plays pretty well against Joel Embiid. You know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Um, But either way, without Steven Adams in there and how easily Joel Embiid can get to the free throw line, Jaron Jackson could be fouled out in the first half. (laughs) (laughs) Like this guy... This guy gets fouls like before the game even starts. It feels like he starts with like three fouls. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this one? I mean, I know you're you're big about Memphis at home, but you know, you know that they suck on the road. What do you what are you yeah, thinking? They're, they're bad on the road. I, I think you're probably on the right side here. Um I probably have spent a little more time with this. I, I thought I read somewhere that Adams could be coming back, but it could have just been something that said like Adams coming back soon. Not necessarily for this game. Uh, just so you know, the last seven games against the Grizzlies, Embiid has had one game uh, over twenty points. Really? So yeah. So his last his last game, he played forty one minutes. That was this year. He scored thirty five, had eleven rebounds and eight assists. And then before that, ten, fifteen, fourteen, fourteen, fifteen, twelve. So that goes all the way back to 2016. So get um, this. In their eight career head-to-head meetings, Steven Adams is 7-1 and one against Joel Embiid in that first wow. 
No, never mind. I thought that first one was earlier this year. No, no, no. But they're seven and one. So he yeah. out rebounds him by one rebound a game. That's awesome. So I think this. I think his absence can be huge here. Yeah, it definitely could be. I mean, Embiid is pretty much cooking anybody who he's facing right now. So I have no objection to it. You got them at home still. I think it's probably the right play. Uh, it's a little closer than I thought it would have been in terms of the spread. You know, I, I would actually think that it should probably be closer to six or seven. That um, is suspicious, with how bad isn't it? Memphis has been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Memphis at home was a four and a half point favorite, and they covered easily. Uh, they covered. They won by eight. Uh, and now the game comes to Philly, and it's basically the same teams, except for maybe no Adams. He. I don't see anything on the injury report, by the way, with him. Not that, that that could just not be updated right now. But but what injury? Because um, I always refresh the NBA injury report that comes out every half an hour, and, and none of them, have, have, no teams have officially released one. So I'm I'm looking at uh, actually like the game preview on uh, ESPN. And then for Adam specifically, he's saying that, or it said on January 24th that he would be out three to five weeks, which would put him back around now. So it's possible. So I, I would say I'd lay off this until I find out. If Adams plays, I probably won't play it at all. If he doesn't, I'd only look towards the Sixers. All right. I'm going to bet the, I'm going to bet the, the Sixers. I just think, I mean, I'm seeing on covers.com that Steven Adams is projected to come back early April. Oh, really? So, I mean, eh, all these sites can make errors, right? Like, I wouldn't be sure. surprised if, if it's wrong, but I'll go to Rotowire, Rotowire as well, which is another good site for this kind of stuff. Again, it already says he won't play. I just found one on Rotowire two seconds ago, literally two seconds ago. It just said Stephen Adams won't play Thursday. Yeah, according to Chris Harrington of the Daily Memphian. So that's their local beat writer. Okay, well, then yeah. there's that. All right. So, yeah, I'll, I, the the best point that you made is why is this only minus four, right? Uh, but, like, if I can't reverse die, if I can't reverse engineer the line, like, I'm just willing to lay it, whatever, minus four. Yeah, I, I think minus four is probably the right play now. And even, you know, whatever. It, it It's not that I thought it was like a trap line or anything like that. I don't really believe in that stuff that much. Um, I just, I don't know necessarily who's going to be in, who's going to be out. I think the 76ers are probably a better team, especially at home. So I, I probably will be with you on that and take the Sixers. If I remember correctly... James Harden didn't play in the last Philadelphia 76ers game. That is that is confirmed. And someone else they were missing as well. And I'm sp- oh, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. No, Mac- Maxey and Harden didn't play against the Memphis Grizzlies when oh. the Grizzlies beat them 117 to 109. I gotcha. Yeah. So that's huge. Jaron Jackson didn't play, but like the addition of Jaron Jackson with the subtraction of Adams. I think no, I'm gonna just talk myself into circles here. But I, I'm betting on the 76ers because they're healthier in the spot, and it's a revenge spot, and I like them more um, from a betting perspective, not from like a fan perspective. Yeah, um, I think I'm with you. Alrighty, that makes me feel good. 
right. So <laughs> I, I'm in on the Nuggets and I'm in on the 76ers. So officially, you guys will read that better explained tomorrow. 4.30 tip-off, 7.30 tip-off, excuse me, between the New Orleans Pelicans at the Toronto Raptors. Uh, the Raptors are laying five. The over-under is 225 and a half here. I want to bet the Pelicans, but I don't think they play well against the Raptors historically, if I can remember correctly. Um, I'll pull up the head-to-head trends, but do you have anything on this game at first glance? I I really don't. Um, I don't trust really either of these teams in this spot. Like I, I just don't like the Raptors. Like they, they seem like they are just a complete letdown for me every game. So um, they're just one of those teams that I haven't really been able to get a good feel for when they're actually going to try and when they're not. So I'm not going to take them. Uh, Ananobi should be back, which will help with um, guarding Ingram, and that could neutralize it a little bit. But uh, – I, I just I won't play either side of this one. I don't think. So I was wrong. The Pelicans are three and zero against the spread and two and one straight up versus the Raptors since the beginning of the last season. The Pelicans beat the Raptors one twenty six to one hundred eight earlier this year, outperforming them in three of the four factors. But it was in late November. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think that was kind of a scheduled loss, if I remember right. Because um, I think that might have been a back-to-back or something for the Raptors. Let me check their schedule. No. Nah, they each played no. on one-day rest. What the hell was it? Yeah, like the uh, Raptors or the Pelicans didn't have Brandon Ingram for that game, but they had Zion Williamson. I don't know if this was backed up in the numbers. I'm pulling up their on-off stats right now. I was going to say I think Brandon Ingram is more important to the team than Williamson, but I can't back that up with the numbers. Williamson's plus 10 net rating, on-off net rating this year, according to cleanandglass.com. So, and he has the body type to like kind of wreak some havoc on every interior, even Toronto's, whereas like, to your earlier point, OG and Anobi and like Pascal Siakam are from a body type perspective and a defensive perspective are at least good answers for Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Um, the Raptors starters in that game scored three of them combined for a total of eight points, four of them for 20 points total, three points total from the starters in that game. Yeah. So, Fred Van Vliet kind of sucks. He's either great or he's terrible. He was 0 for 7 for 3 in that game. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, this the Raptors, I'm not even sure if they care about winning. It, they they were all talking about blowing it up, and then nothing happened except they added Jakob Pertl, who has uh, shown some pretty good signs for what he's been doing since he's been there. Yeah, and he he's was, pretty good. Yeah, he was underutilized in San Antonio, but um, – you know, is he going to make a difference and make them the best team in the NBA? Of course not. Is he going to help them potentially get to the the playoffs? Yeah, I think the Raptors have one of the easier schedules remaining, if I recall. Uh, so they may they may turn it on here, and they're at home, which is always good. Um, that's a better spot to back them. But the Raptors then leave and go play uh, Detroit, who they always suck against on Saturday. So I don't know. I, I we can move on. I, I don't know. On contrary. 
my friend, Mon, Mon Frere, I, don't, I don't know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Toronto has the fifth toughest remaining strength of schedule, according to tankathon.com. New Orleans actually has the third uh, weakest strength of schedule, which is a good thing. I'm looking at, I'm looking at, these, at some of these teams, and I don't see that much of a competition in some of them, but okay. I don't know exactly how they judge that when you have, I mean, they have Detroit, Chicago, Washington, Washington, which, you know, the Wizards have been playing better, obviously, but you got Oklahoma City in here, Pacers, Detroit, two against Charlotte, Miami, which is not a very good team right now. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, for me, it's either the Pelicans or pass. Um, I just... The the Toronto Raptors cannot play half court offense. I think Fred Van Vliet is is fucking whack, for lack of a better word. Um, they generate a lot more wide open three point attempts than the Raptors, and they both give up a lot of three point attempts. Um, the difference is that I believe New Orleans is a respectable three point shooting team. Um, nope, not really nineteenth, but Toronto is terrible at twenty seventh, which just kind of goes along. The lines of they're just terrible offensively, but mm-hmm. all right, whatever. Pelicans plus five would be my only way of playing it, but I don't have anything official. Spurs getting 13 and a half and an 830 Eastern Standard tip off at the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the total is 234 and a half. I have nothing good to say about the Spurs, but how just terrible this Dallas defense figures to be down the stretch. I have a tough time betting them to win by double digits against even the worst NBA team in the league. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Uh, I would probably say, if anything, you just play the over here and and don't worry about the spread. Yeah. Like, I can't even... I don't even know a lot of these starters, and I watch the NBA pretty regularly. You know, I think we talked about this last time. Malachi Branham, who... (laughs) In his last game, went 10 of 14. This dude actually balls. Holy shit. <laughs> Never even heard him before. Um, they always have a diamond in the rough. Yeah, I guess. But they'll probably trade him next year when they're tanking for whoever the number one pick's going to be. Probably Bronny Jr. or some shit. Um, the Spurs are 5-1 and one in their last six games, ATS, against Dallas. That's interesting, right? Oh. Especially... When you have the same coach, right, Spurs with uh, Greg Popovich. So, I mean, if he kind of knows how Luka Doncic plays or the Dallas Mavericks plays, maybe he just has, like, a good read on this team that he exploits every time. Yep. I don't know. Could be. Dallas has won five straight, but they've lost five out of six against the spread. I don't know. Um I don't even know, like, the again, I don't really know the players of the Spurs, so I can't even, like, give out a player prop or even talk about player props. Like, yeah. outside of Keldon Johnson, who are you excited about on this on this, on this this roster? I don't know. I don't have much here on this one. Sa- so. Sachin or whatever his name is, Jeremy Sachin, he's okay. But Yeah, yeah Jeremy we, Sochan, I, mean, I think his name is. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off. Oklahoma City Thunder at the Utah Jazz. Thunder's plus two, plus 150 on the money line. Jazz minus 135 on the money line. I'm feeling the Thunder here. The Jazz, I got to pull up the specific trends. I'm pretty confident when I say they are a terrible bet as a home favorite. Um, 
and I know that the Oklahoma City Thunder is a good as profitable as an underdog because they have been for the past two years somehow. They're twenty. In fact, they're twenty six and thirteen as an underdog this year. Oklahoma City as a home favorite. The, eight and thirteen. Yep, Utah Jazz eight and thirteen. So that's like my jumping off point here for this handicap. But just just so you know, yeah. the margin of victory is two points for Utah, which is exactly what this line is. And mm. when they're favorites. Okay. Let's break that down a little bit more, I guess. I'll, I'll uh, query it on killing or killersports.com. Um, home favorite. Stick with me. Stick with me. Eight and 13. So, yeah, they beat the Timberwolves by 25 in their last game as a home favorite. It's just a complete no-show in that situation. They beat the Rockets by, or the Hornets by 18. So they have some lopsided wins, um, mm-hmm. beefing up their numbers. They beat the Pacers by 30. They beat the Lakers by 23 in, the, in their second game as a home favorite earlier this year. Who was in that game? Oh, man, they don't even have it. Um, but yeah, to your point, they are plus two and and uh straight up margin of victory. I don't know. Do you like any side in this one? Uh, there's only one one way that I would look is probably the under for the first half of this game. You got a total of almost two forty. Uh, depending on where you're playing, it's two thirty nine at uh, DraftKings. I can look real quick on FanDuel. Two thirty nine and a half. You going rust factor again? Uh, yeah, partially. I mean, the Jazz, the All-Star game was in Utah. Uh, not that everybody stayed there, I'm sure, but uh, you only had Markinen playing in that. You had Shea playing in uh, in it for the Thunder. But the other part is, and I talked about this once before, I think it was, I think it was Atlanta versus Utah. And you basically need everything to go right in the first half in order to get over 120 points, which is half of the game. And, and it could be a little bit even higher of a, a first half spread or a total. So to me, I, th- I think we're probably going to see an under the thunder are actually pretty solid on defense. Um, yeah. They, they, pre- they prevent a lot of like paint scoring and some of the other stuff. So um, I like this game to go under, I'm not saying it's like the best bet in the world or something like that, but uh, I do prefer it as of right now. So, Okay. Um, I like uh, Oklahoma City should crush Utah in the the battle for possessions. They are fifth in offensive turnover rate, and they are third in defensive turnover rate, whereas Utah is 23rd offensively and 25th defensively. So, and let's see the, the rebounding matchup. Both teams are pretty good offensively, uh, rebounding offensively. Neither team can rebound defensively. So I feel confident Oklahoma City is going to win the possession battle. That's how, that's half of the battle here. Yeah. and I mean, I think you're right. I, I'm not trying to talk you off the other side. I don't like the Jazz or something in this game per se, but uh, that was just my only thought on it, I guess. It is ticking half. down for the record. It opened at 240 and it's down to 239 and a half, at least according yeah. to covers. 
I'm seeing for first half total 121, but it's juiced slightly to the over. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I don't have anything official official in this game. I'm just leaning towards the thunder here. Um, but I guess we can leave it there. Warriors at the Lakers. 10 o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off. The Lakers are favored by five. How many games have the Lakers been favored by five or more <laughs> points in this season? I can't imagine it's many. Like, I looked at this matchup, Warriors at the Lakers, and I liked the the pickups the Lakers made at the trade deadline. I like what Palenka did with the roster. LeBron told Palenka what to do with the roster, whatever, however it worked out, right? Yeah. But then I was like, oh, Lakers minus five. Wait a second. Like I'm not yes. I'm not I'm not a fan of the Warriors without Curry, but no one is. Eh, that's that's baked into the price. I don't know. Yeah. So this was I think three and a half the other day. So it's gotten that up to to five. Um I'm actually kinda with you. I think the Lakers have a better roster right now without Curry and everything. Uh, you know, Draymond's going to be probably like gushing over LeBron the whole time on the court anyway. I and mean, you're not, I mean, Looney can, I won't say stop AD, he can probably contain him enough. But then you still got D'Angelo Russell now to deal with. You got some other people to to deal with in terms of depth on the Lakers that I don't really think the Warriors have. The Warriors on the road have already sucked this year. I, I think you look at Lakers or nothing here. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins isn't going to play. He's out with some sort of family emergency or some personal matter, and he's been ruled out. Or excuse me, he's unlikely to play Thursday against the Lakers. Yeah, and that's I huge. It's even more reason, yeah. I mean, Wiggins can at least stay in step with LeBron. I mean, oh yeah, he's not not a stopper or something. But I mean, he did well against Luca, and yeah, I mean, he's probably like the difference maker in them winning a championship. Like, obviously, Curry yeah. was the best player, but, yeah. like, his defense was huge. Yeah. I, I look at Wiggins as, like, a poor man's Jimmy Butler, basically. That's fair. Did you did you hear or witness Draymond Green's comment about the his resume compared to everyone else's? Like, was it legitimate? Because I just I – I, I saw – I think ESPN posted this, like, on their Sports Center ESPN IG account, and – Draymond Green said the only person on the floor at the All-Star game whose resume could stack up to his is LeBron. And I sent that to one of my Warriors on buddies. I sent that to one of my my one of my Warriors buddies like is this guy fucking serious? He's like, Maybe. "No, I think he's joking." Like, could I, no, I don't think he'd be joking. Right. I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the level of delusion like your yeah. resume is better than it. you're literally not one of the better best 25 players in the league. They're they're standing in front of you're at the All-Star game. Like all yeah. of the res everyone's a better basketball player than you, right? Like you're fully healthy. Why aren't you in the All-Star game? Cuz you're not one of the best 25 guys. And this guy actually sat there and was like, "Oh, besides LeBron, I have the second best I have the best resume on this out of everyone on this court." It's like, I mean, are you fucking high, dude? What are you talking about? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what he'd be measuring there, but you know, I guess it's a good thing that like Durant and Curry and all these other guys were injured then because he could say that maybe it's the people on this 
on the court. Like Tatum, who's never won anything. Brown, Alexander, Gilgis Alexander. Jokic has won MVPs, but Giannis, Giannis is better than Green for sure. Yeah. In terms of resume. Yeah, alone. like if we're gonna stack up an argument <laughs> yeah. to make the Hall of Fame, like yeah. our Nikola Jokic versus Draymond. Yeah, right. I think we, we have a pretty clear one there. Well, well, I won four rings. This guy is the reigning two-time MVP. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, Andre Iguodala won four rings with you guys too, but that doesn't mean that. Uh, yeah, like, doesn't what mean do you, that much. What do you? So, if the Nuggets traded Jokic for Draymond Green, the Nuggets <laughs> they would still be the number one seed. Is that I, what this I, guy I, thinks? Like, come on, dude. Yeah. I don't know. This is like a tangent, but yeah, based on the Wiggins injury, based on Steph Curry being out, um, and with all due respect to the defensive goat, Draymond Green, I think I would have to play the Lakers minus five here. I, I think I'm with you on it. I, that may, may be the one of the one or two plays that I have tomorrow. All right. Did we uncover another one? I know you, we, you gave it a bunch of leans here, but... Yeah, it, no, not nothing uh, fully. I think my my two most confident ones right now are 76ers and Lakers. So this is kind of crazy. Uh, I gotta I gotta verify this in another way. But the Lakers are six and one against the spread when they're favorites of five or more. Did you know well, that? They, the, I didn't. But their margin of victory is uh, five as a home favorite as well. So. Okay, uh, favorite line minus five. I'm gonna I, I would say, you know, LeBron came out and said, like, he knows how important these next, like, 23 games or whatever are. So I don't think he's too much of a guy who just, like, says random things. Like, I, I do think he kind of puts his mind to some stuff, and I, I think he is going to try and come out and, and set the tone pretty early. So I, I think they should take down the Warriors tomorrow. I'm the sorry, only way the Warriors did you win just is to say that LeBron James isn't. You kind of just said he's not full of shit. Yeah, I don't think he really is. Like, not <laughs> when he's actually talking about like basketball stuff, man. I yeah. mean, yeah, he makes up a lot of other things. But remember that um, time where he heard about the Migos like three years before they came out? <laughs> yes, I, I've heard. I've seen all the TikTok videos about his like random things that he said and all that stuff. That's not what I'm getting at. I told Tupac to not go to yeah. that Mike Tyson yeah, fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I no, told I, him I, I was there yeah. with him. I called him. Yeah. To me, I, I, I think, though, he, he will probably try and come out. And I think they're going to try and uh, – they don't want to be in the play-in tournament. Last so. note here. As favorites of four and a half or more – because technically the line is four and a half. At DraftKings, it's five, but you can get a four and a half in most books. Consensus market is four and a half. The Lakers are seven and one straight up with a plus 12 straight up margin, seven and one against the spread with a plus 5.80 ETS margin. The kicker is here's who they've played Pistons, Spurs, Trailblazers, Pistons, Rockets, Spurs, Thunder, Pelicans, Pelicans, and now the Warriors. Um, oh, you remember giving me? You remember me giving out the Pelicans? That was that one. That was the last time you were on. And I took the Pelicans over the Lakers, and the Lakers smacked them one twenty to one hundred two right before the All Star break. Maybe, maybe LeBron isn't bullshit. Maybe he's taking this uh, final stretch seriously. Yeah, I think he played in that one. Although 
he did hurt his hand in the All-Star game. I don't know how, how bad it actually is, but I'm sure it's not that big of a deal. To me, I I think that could be one of the things LeBron's bullshit, and maybe he just didn't want to play anymore. Yeah, could be possible. Um, he, in that game against the Pelicans, put up 21 points, 7 to 14, 6, 6, 6 and 6. So, nice. Pretty good out. Uh, production at him. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lakers minus four and a half of my, my, a guy that I know has that, uh, line. I'll go ahead and bet it. I'm not going to bet <laughs> it minus five. I'll tell you that. Not when there's four and a halfs out there. Um, one of the first podcasts you were on, if not the first like NBA gambling betting breakdown, we were, I don't know if we were head to head in the bet itself, but just on the outlook of these two teams, final of the nine games on the NBA slate, Portland at Sacramento. I was a Portland fan. You were a Sacramento fan. I was right in the short term. You were currently much more right than I am. Sacramento is a minus five and a half point favorites. Totals 239.5. Um, to me, it's. I'm afraid of Dame Lillard, but it's the Kings or pass. I can't. I, I can't. Based on how Trailblazers are looking and Anthony Simons probably being out for the rest of the season. I don't know. Like it's going to take like a 60 point effort from Dame Lillard to, to beat a, a legit team, which Sacramento's turned into. Yeah. I think, I think you have to look at the uh, Kings in this one. Um, they, they still have every reason to try and prove to people that they're going to make the playoffs. They probably don't want to be in the play in tournament either. I think, you know, as, as the three seed right now, they kind of control a little bit of it. Uh, if they can at least stay in the top six, they stay out of the tournament. Portland is trying to get in it, I think. Let me check where they're at right now. Yeah, they're actually the 12th team in the league right now. Um, and to get over their win total, they need to get uh, to 40 wins. So they need 12 more. The Kings, for their win total, only need two more wins on the season to go over their total. Well, yeah, they're um, cashing that one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's the only lock right right now. I think with any of these teams, other than maybe the Nuggets, I don't remember exactly what theirs was. But uh, in any case, yeah, I think uh, I think the Kings are the right side in this one. Um, I'm not sure that you always want to support them being, you know, having to win a game by six points. Uh, I would be interested to see if um, what's his face. Uh, Jeremy Grant is back in this one or not. Um, he was in concussion protocol before that. I don't think he played against the Wizards uh, in their last game. He did not. Um, one one person that I think is worth looking into props for is Cam Reddish. They're using him quite a bit. He's starting. He's shooting a lot of threes. He's scoring a lot. Um, so there might be some opportunity there. But aside from that, uh, don't really know that I'd have much on this. The Trailblazers did beat the Kings in their first matchup this season. They won by seven. Um, and, you know, for whatever it's worth, the uh, the spread on that game was Portland plus three. And now you're moving it to Portland plus five and a half after they won. Could it be that Grant is going to be out, or could it just be that the market thinks that uh, – Sacramento is a better team. I think you're probably showing some strength to Sacramento here. So five and a half doesn't seem bad. No, I definitely think it's more of like a move on Sacramento. Well, it's all, yeah, no, I think it's, 
The adjustment is based on no Simons and Sacramento looking pretty good. That was the first game of the season for both teams. And the Kings, you know, were playing with a new coach. Yeah. Um, and they've become one of the better clutch teams in the league. And if you remember watching that game, they mostly fell apart kind of like down the stretch. So they've kind of like fixed them, those kind of, those errors as the season has progressed. And they should be able to finish this game stronger than they did the last one, I would I would assume at least. Um, yeah, you would think so. But I am a little afraid of Dame. And I guess that's all that I, that's my only anti Sacramento um argument. I guess the line is moving down from Sacramento minus six to minus five and a half, least corner covers, but I'm not going to make an official play. Um, the official plays that I am going to make in this podcast is I am going to take the Lakers minus four and a half because that's where I can get it. I'm going to take the 76ers minus four, and I'm going to take the Nuggets plus two, but DriveKings just pulled the Nuggets spread, so maybe something's happening there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Aaron what Gordon it could be. Got rolled. Aaron Gordon's out officially, so is Ricky Rubio and C.D. Osman. How do we feel about that? I don't like that Gordon's out personally, but uh, who does he have to I, guard? Gordon? Yeah, they He's, could put him on Mitchell. I mean, they've they've put him on the opposing team's best player in the past. So I don't know that they would necessarily do it for this game for a regular season game. But I think I I think I recall like Gordon following around Curry in some games. Yeah, so. for sure. I mean, he's their best defensive player, so they're going to use him. Probably to stop Mitchell. That's fair. I guess I thought like there's not a, an explosive wing like Isaac Okora for the Cavs isn't that no. isn't isn't that good and like Evan Mobley is like whatever, but he's not like someone you need to like focus your defense on, right? Right. Right. All right. Well, well now I'm now I'm feeling differently about the Nuggets. I'm gonna have to think about that a little bit more. But I definitely like the 76ers minus four, and I definitely like the Lakers minus four and a half. Those are my official plays. Do you have anything officially to give out or outside of your Twitter and where people can find you? Yeah, I don't really think I I would say I have much official. Um, I would say I really, right now, I like Lakers minus five, and I like the under in the first half for Thunder versus Jazz. That's about it. Um, so, but, yeah, you can find all me all my stuff, uh, you know, articles on pretty much every sport except basketball on OutKick. Uh, and then you can find me tweeting about random stuff and basketball and everything um, at beatenthebookie.com. And then my Twitter handle is futureprezprez2024. How's your hockey stuff going? I know you're kind of new. Actually, really, really good right now. Really? Uh, yeah, the past like week. I So I put out four plays on Saturday, and I just broke it up into um, – a quarter unit for each of the four plays. I went four and zero, and one of them was like a two plus a two plus two twenty or something like that winner on a money line. Oh baby, yeah. So it was it was a nice little weekend, but uh, I think I've gone seven and one over the last eight plays. I have one up tonight. Okay, and you can find that at outkick dot com backslash sports dash betting. You inspired me. Uh-oh. I did a just betting, just, just betting. betting. Yeah, because sports dash betting is now redirecting to a uh, like a a forum or something. 
Yeah. I found that out the hard way. Yeah, I noticed that myself, and I didn't know if it was just my browser or whatnot. All right, so you can find mine and David's stuff, David's non-NBA stuff, at outkick.com backslash betting. I was actually inspired by you, and I, I put an NHL parlay that cashed, and then my next two plays lost, and I was like, you know what? Fuck hockey. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, but... Uh, best of luck to you, homies. You also can listen to me and a fellow Outkick writer, Dan Z, break down the Honda Classic. Um, that tees off tomorrow, Thursday, so there's still some time to listen to that. But, uh, you know, be sure to listen to the wise words from both me and David before making your NBA bets here. Until I talk to you guys, probably Friday. Peace. <laughs>